This is the Serial at Midnight Podcast. Alrighty guys, welcome back to the Serial at Midnight Podcast. My name is Heath Holland and this is the Alpha Video Interview. I'm so excited because I've been trying to get an interview with Alpha Video for a long time now. Here's the thing, they don't do interviews, but I got one. I got an interview with Alpha Video. I'll set the state, like here's how I got here. By the way, I'm talking to Brian Cray uh, from Alpha Video. He's, he's the acquisitions guy and the uh, basically product development content that he's pretty much whatever is coming out from Alpha Video has his fingerprints all over it. And uh, I instantly connected with this guy. He's literally my exact same age. And so we have all the same all the same cultural references, the same touchstones, and I just had a blast with this. I think you will too. I'm going to set the stage for you here. This is how this happened. So you guys know it like a month or two ago. In the la- really, in the last six weeks, I've bought about 400 westerns, or it's not just westerns because I've also bought like some old crime movies. They all come from Alpha Video. One of them was through an estate sale. Actually, two of those, about 350 of the 400 were through an estate sale. And it was like a person's entire Western collection. They were all still sealed and they were all from Alpha Video. And uh, I have had such a good time going through those movies. I mean, I've barely just touched, it's like scratch the surface, right? Because that's that's the work of a lifetime. <laughs> you know, three, 350 movies, it could take a little bit of time to get through. But that, like, I was like, this is so much fun. So I started digging out, like looking for more Alpha Video stuff. And lo and behold, that video that I made about those Westerns, I, I made a video about it. It was like, I bought a collection and uh, word got back to Alpha Video that I was talking about all these releases on my channel. And you're going to hear, this is how this conversation opens up. He was like, Brian was like, you know, you got all these movies, but I didn't work on any of those. I've been the, with the company for about 10 years and everything you opened was from like 2003, 2004, 2007, I think maybe it was the latest thing there. And it predates his tenure there. And he wanted to kind of talk about, well, he does want to talk about the history of the company, Sam's Sam Sherman's connection with uh, Alpha Video and how they get so many of their prints from the personal collection of Sam Sherman, who we know from the Al Adamson documentary, um, Blood and Flesh. It's included in that huge Severin set that a lot of us have. Uh, but he wanted to say like, here's where we've gone since then. Like, don't judge us by things from 20 years ago. Look at what we're doing now. And what I was not aware of is how cool, like the, the level of quality that they are doing now. Right. So it's still public domain stuff. A lot of it's public domain. It's not, it's not all, a lot of it's public domain stuff. That's not a dirty word for me. I love public domain movies. If you're of the mystery science theater 3000 generation, you love public domain movies too. That's not a dirty word, uh, to find out how this stuff is actually made, how this, how this sausage is made was fascinating to me. And Brian is so transparent and so honest and really quite humble about the whole thing, but also proud of the work that he's done while he's been at alpha and so when we find out like towards the end i'm teasing you see i'm planting seeds that you're going to see throughout the interview uh as we get towards the end of the interview we, we start by talking about like well you saw that western video that i made and he's like yeah i didn't work on a lot of this that's where we start to find out where they've gone and to know that they just licensed the dozen uh prc movies producers producer releasing producers releasing corp movies uh from like licensed copyright held 35 millimeter film prints 
that's huge. And I, I didn't know who's talking about this, right? So one of the things that this interview did for me was to showcase, dude, here's how you're missing some stuff. Like you're talking about all these boutique labels and here's one that you've completely overlooked that let's be honest, almost all of us have overlooked really cool stuff coming out from these guys that, that we didn't even know about, right? Cause how, so I, I, I gotta do better. I will do better. I'm going to tell you, here's another thing too. After this interview, Alpha Video, I, like they sent me over some of their products from the last couple of months. I've already unboxed those on camera and like talked about those on camera. That video is not yet posted as I'm recording this introduction. Like as you're seeing this video, this Alpha Video interview, I'm going to post that other thing, uh, the, the Alpha Video, like unboxing the new stuff, the new products from Alpha Video, probably in a two or three days. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that because it's one thing to talk about the company. It's another thing to look at their releases to check. I'm, guys, I've been watching this stuff. I'm having the time of my life. I mean, I'm really having the best time. So I have set this up enough without further ado. Brian Cray from Alpha Video. Um, I, I appreciate you watching that video. We should like you, I, I made a video. I bought like 300 West. It's really like 350 because there's more than what I showed in that video. It was right. a separate video, but it's like a bunch of Roy Rogers and stuff. I've gone down this Western rabbit hole mm -hmm. um, and alpha video was there. Alpha video is the one that served up that need. I think that all of us, I, it was, since I made that video, I've been getting a lot of emails from people being like, check out my alpha video stuff. And they're like holding <laughs> it up for me. So um, some, some of the comments hurt. I, ha I have to say, so I had to listen to the Smiths after uh, <laughs> reading some of those. <laughs> well, okay, well, we should tackle feedback is the only way you learn. We'll we'll tackle some criticism in there too, but this is going to be a kind interview. This is not a gotcha kind of a thing. This is not gotcha. Journal okay, interview. I can handle it. I can handle. But um, so I don't know. The first thing I want to say is like, you know, we were talking before we hit record about. You know, I, it was like 300 movies, and you were like, how many did you say you think you had worked on? Uh, the only two were Sheriff of Cochise Volume 5 and Brand of the Devil. I think those were both 2015, which was the first uh, I started working uh, at Alpha or the Gotham Distributing Corporation, which is what it is really, uh, in 2014. Uh, I first got involved with them a year before uh, doing their transfers. Uh at my previous job uh and then i went to work for them uh in 2014 directly and i can tell you that story if that's interesting i'd love to hear it please do uh i mean how much you said you wanted to hear about the history of alpha video i don't i, I don't would, know yeah uh well i i don't know how much i'm going to get right of this because well, it was uh, founded in 85 right it's it was founded in 85 so i was six yeah. years old so there's only so much i can uh, speak to oh. <laughs> the accuracy of the that um but I, it was originally, obviously, a VHS label. There was no DVD then. And uh, they were out of Piscataway, New Jersey. And uh, it, it was a public domain VHS label. And what happened was uh, my predecessor or my mentor, whatever you want, uh, Steve Kaplan. Uh, Steve uh, was one of the original monster kids. He wrote for Famous Monsters and the Monster Times and Photon. Uh, later got involved in doing early music videos for Buddha Records, then worked at Warner's. Uh, the best-known video that you can find that he did uh, was Alice Cooper's Elected from Billion Dollar Babies. And uh, Steve eventually got into uh, the record business, 
And he ended up working for Jerry Green, who uh, the owner of the Gotham Distributing Corporation and founder of Collectibles Records. And uh, I guess Alpha Video uh, at one point wanted Steve to uh, run the label, which was then just the VHS label. And Jerry didn't want to lose Steve. So Jerry just bought the label outright uh, so Steve could run it uh, for him uh, out of Pennsylvania, which is where... Uh, and Gotham and Collectibles is also what used to be oldies.com, the website. So uh, Steve had immediately uh, Jerry's distribution through oldies.com, which at the time was excellent because Collectibles was a big label and they dealt with all the, they had relationships with all the other labels. Um, so they, they started doing DVDs. This was around the turn of the century. And those are probably some of the first DVDs of those you know, classic, uh, you know, it's like the, the still our best sellers, which I kind of regret because maybe they're the worst quality ones are the most famous yeah. public domain movies, you know, uh, our, you know, our best selling Western is still angel and the bad man, which, you know, you can get better quality versions than the alpha one, which was done probably 25 years ago. Um, I mean, they they I believe we have over 4,000 titles out. And that's basically because I think a lot of other labels that start out as public domain labels, they kind of move on, like VCI, uh, yeah. they kind of move on to doing licensed stuff. Mm -hmm. And Alpha, until recently, it never really moved on to that. So it's just been uh, putting out every public domain film that they could possibly find. So we probably have, and most of those are Poverty Row films, as I'm sure you know. So we probably yeah. have more of those out than any other label. Um, and it's really, like I said, it's really the um, the the famous films that that uh, even though they are available on Blu-ray and better quality versions, that the sales of those is what allows us to do kind of all that obscure stuff. The rarest stuff, unfortunately, is not the stuff that's the best selling. Um and then I can tell you how I got involved into it. Uh, yeah, but let me so let me ask you. You brought up something I want to ask you. Sure. Real quick. I'm yeah. going to ask you questions that I think I know the answer to, but I want to represent the audience as well. So you <laughs> said Angel and the Bad Man is the best-selling Western. Yeah. There are better copies elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So why can't Alpha Video or Gotham, why can't that get updated at, at your agree. company? Because we don't have the access to the uh, Master Prince, and the, it's a very low-budget company. I would love to do better versions of some things. Uh, some things uh, we have replaced just recently. Uh, we did, uh, this is all thanks to Sam Sherman. Uh, we did Battling Marshall with Sunset Carson. We reissued because we'd, we had taken that off the market because of complaints. Uh, and we have uh, West of Cimarron coming out with Three Musketeers. So that's an improved version. And sometimes I've just kind of uh, improved them on the download because uh, Sam had provided us with uh, Riders of the Whistling Skull, which is another Three Musketeers Western. He had a copy from the original camera negative. Uh, I wanted to reissue it. Uh, we even went as far as doing a new cover. And uh, I guess Steve hadn't had his Wheaties that morning and he decided not to do it. And uh, we kind of went over, uh, which I'll also talk about, 
we went over to uh, a big change with Allied Vaughn handling our manufacturing. And I just slipped in the new master when we sent, uh, we, we had to convert all our films into ISOs for them so they could do our manufacturing. So that's out there with no uh, publicity whatsoever. But when I can, uh, I, I want to do, I want to do it. Uh, but it has to be from a legitimate source. It, I can't yeah. take it from somebody else. So, I mean, as far as I think if somebody wants to spend more money for a better version of the film, uh, I absolutely think they should. For instance, I mean, I love the Criterion versions of Night of the Living Dead and uh, Carnival of Souls. If somebody wants to pay the uh, the more money for those, they absolutely should. Um, but there are still people, uh, and as physical media collectors, maybe we don't, I don't understand this. You probably don't either, that still want a cheap uh, version of the movie. I mean, it's kind of like... Um, I mean, I'm a comic book collector. I think you are too. I am. You know, uh, I mean, now everything is reprinted, but sometimes I just wanted what they would call a poor copy of a, a Silver Age Jack. A reader copy. Reader right? copy. And I have yeah, yeah. I have 80 page Batman Giants that have no covers. And uh, so it, I kind of look at it like that. Uh, I think, you the, know, I was just yeah. going to jump in with some comic talk. No, Real of course. Quick, so people might not know that uh distrib like the distributor back in well i think they still do this actually you rip the cover off if it doesn't sell and send it oh you yeah you send the cover back and you you keep you're supposed to dispose of the uh the book itself but people would sell those <laughs> well you I, that's that's where i got most of my film knowledge from because my brother worked at uh, barnes and noble in the 90s and he would bring me home coverless copies of film facts scary monsters wow game of fantastic so uh, you know that's People a free don't even know about right this stuff, and it's like, well, I didn't have a life, and I just kind of memorized all this stuff. You know? No, we love it. No, it's not. Ha it's not not having a life. It's having your priorities correct. It's having everything <laughs> good. I'm going to use yeah. that from now on, if you don't. We mind. prioritize the art in the pursuit <laughs> of art. That's yeah. what we do. Um, how did you get uh, connected with Sam Sherman? Because you know, when I was making this, I just want to be clear. I have a lot of other Alpha Video titles outside sure. of those westerns. I've been chasing down, like you know, Nabonga and you know. Uh, well, I, I just feel I feel bad because since I've only been with uh, first got involved with them in 2013, started working for them in, in 2014. Uh, I, I don't know how many uh, titles that I've done or worked on mm -hmm. you've actually seen. And I, I don't know how many people uh, because a lot of people will say, oh, Alpha Video, blah, blah, blah. They could be talking about our copy of Attack of the Giant Gila Monster from 2001 or something. Right. I'm not saying our quality is necessarily better now, but a lot of times when uh, uh, people are talking about Alpha Video, it's a blanket statement. And I wonder, are they talking about something they bought at Borders 20 years ago? So I'm not necessarily saying we've done uh, better stuff in the time I've been with the company, but we've definitely done some interesting stuff that I don't think people know about. Well, you know, you reference VCI. I'll reference Mill Creek Entertainment because mm -hmm. you know, Mill Creek put out all these public domain box sets. I don't think they've done that for about a decade, but 90% of the audience doesn't realize that that's not what they do anymore. So Yeah, no, they they moved on to licensing big right. TV shows. They've had they had Roseanne and uh yeah. they did He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and Knight uh, Rider on Blu-ray, Charlie's Angels on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but they have evolved beyond that, but but people don't 
that reputation was those box sets are always going to be in circulation they made so many of them that there's no way they're all going to be in the hands of collectors any any there's no way so how do we well this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship right to quote bogey but you know i like how can we I want to cover these new releases that you've been working on. It's in, people should know there are new releases coming from Alpha Video. Well, you you crazy. asked about you asked about Sam. Yeah. You asked about Sam. Do you do you want me to uh, mention because yeah, that kind of up. that kind of uh, plays into how I got involved. Um, I think <laughs> I think what happened was that uh, the original VHS label Alpha Video didn't care too much about what they put out as far as copyrights were concerned. They uh, they had a lot of, for instance, my brother had uh, a copy of uh, what something that traumatized me as a kid and became one of my favorite movies. They had Fantastic Planet, the famous French animated movie, which is absolutely not a public domain movie. Yeah. Um, but I think what happened was Sam owns an, the rights, the American rights to an astonishing amount of foreign films, uh, in addition to the films that he produced uh, with Independent International that were directed mostly by Al Adamson. And uh, since they were just kind of putting out everything that the original Alpha video had on VHS on DVD, I think they put out one of the films that Sam owns unknowingly. And... What was worked out was that Sam would start, uh, I think everybody, if you've seen the documentary about um, Al and yeah. Sam, you see right in the beginning, yeah, Blood and Flesh, right? It's, it's I amazing. was going to grab it, but it's just out of range. <laughs> but you see right in the beginning, Sam's walking through his film collection. Mm-hmm. And that's not independent international films. He, he used to keep those at Deluxe in New Jersey. I don't know where he has them now. Uh, those are just films he's collected. So as I, I think what was kind of, and maybe you'd have to ask Sam about this. And since it's, you know, it's a touchy subject, he ended up doing, uh, selling basically his transferring his prints. He has a, he has some kind of setup there. He has a telecine there, uh, and selling them to alpha video, um, for, you know, a, a, a minimal fee, you know, and, uh, what, uh, Sam is still, our major provider of material. Now, how I got involved is that uh, Sam's friends with a gentleman named Mark Heller, who uh, he's a big film collector, uh, also an animator. He did uh, the animation for Fred Olin Ray's Evil Tunes, if if you know that movie. And he also worked on uh, Ren and Stimpy. He owned owned a, a film library, a stock footage library in New York called Streamline Films. And I work there as a researcher. And uh, Sam and Mark are friends. They're both huge Western fans. And uh, said, you know, you guys should go through my collection, because Mark was out in California at the time, and see if you can transfer and sell anything to uh, Alpha Video, which is in Pennsylvania. And uh, I guess because I was the new guy there, they kind of gave that job to me. So I was going through uh their storage space looking for 16 millimeter prints some of them were three-quarter tapes that were probably thrown away by television stations looking for public domain material that alpha had not put out and i developed a relationship with steve and i I developed a relationship with steve uh probably i think because uh 
we both love 50s and 60s B movies. Now, the thing is, I love my love of 50s and 60s B movies. I don't think Steve realizes comes from being a huge fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Well, I, I later learned that um, Steve, like, legitimately takes these movies seriously. And, you know, yeah. he doesn't like Mystery Science Theater. He's like, I paid good money for those films, you know, to see those films. And he actually, uh, he would, I think Killer Shrews is his favorite movie. And he actually, he had written a script when he was younger for a uh, gorier remake of The Brain That Wouldn't Die. So he took this stuff seriously. So I had yeah. to be, I had to be very careful. It's kind of like when you meet somebody who uh, maybe a boomer that they grew up with the Batman TV show. And that's, you know, that's Batman to them. So you got to be very careful with uh, how you talk about it. And uh, one day, uh, the guy who ran Streamline, Rick DeCroix, uh, in New York, uh, he he called us all together and said, uh, yeah, uh, Streamline Films is hemorrhaging money. And supposedly I went from like goth white to dead white. And... Uh, I had a friend, my my oldest friend, Glenn Bernius, uh, he had lived in Philadelphia for a while, and he always wanted to drive up to Philadelphia and show me Philadelphia. And I said, well, can we visit this warehouse that, uh, that I, this guy's, Steve was always asking me to visit. And um, uh, what, uh, you know, we went there and uh, I talked to Steve, we got along and, you know, I was referencing Arch Hall Jr. and things like that. So, of course, he thinks, you know, I know everything about films because I know who Arch Hall Jr. is. And uh, they they basically asked me on the spot to basically, uh, Joe, who put us in contact, uh, what, my first day that I was hired, I was told that, uh, he Joe told me that I was VP of Acquisitions, Content Management, and Product Development. Now, no one ever used that title again after that day. So I don't know if that's really my title. I use it on my resume but uh, <laughs> does it fit? Is that does that describe your duty? It does fit. I was doing the same job as Steve, uh, which is to bring in material. Uh, I originally thought I would be doing film transfers because that's what I had been doing at Streamline for them with my colleague Bonnie Cavett. Uh, and then I got there and they didn't have a telecine or anything, and I was like, "Well, how do you, how do you do this?" And it's like, "Oh, we it's all done out of house." And I was like, okay, so I mean, it's all, uh, which I was really surprised by, because I mean, I like working with film, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm old enough that, you know, my student films are edited on a Steenbeck. So, you know, that's always a disappointment to me that we, we, we rely on other people for our transfers, which yeah. is one of the reasons it's difficult to kind of uh, deal with criticism, because we're not, we're not doing it. How much? Uh, let's just, in case people don't understand, when you say they don't have a telecine, what is the, what is that? It's just it's just something to to transfer. I mean, usually they're sixteen millimeter prints because it's public domain material. The thirty five millimeters or maybe owned by studios that ended up buying uh, the, these these poverty row companies, but they're they're usually sixteen millimeter reduction prints that were made for the home movie market when that started, because before you could, you had VHS, uh, the way film collectors or even libraries or prisons, anyone that wanted to sell uh, show movies, it would be 16 millimeter because 16 millimeter is easier to store. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's all done out of house and uh, uh, you know, I deal with a lot. Sam is the major person that, that we deal with. 
uh, in getting films from. Uh, we have a lot of a lot of them are people that are were in the film industry that uh, they're older guys that they started collecting uh, film prints in the 1950s. Some, you know, I, I don't I don't think he uh, would mind if I mentioned, but we've gotten a lot of films from Brendan Faulkner, who people might know for uh, making a movie called Spookies. Uh, from 1986 it's kind of a cult film and uh that came out on vinegar syndrome i think recently uh there's another guy john carpenter who is not the john carpenter he's actually he's a film historian from massapequa park new york which is funny because i'm from the town next to that i'm actually from the amityville horror new york and uh uh people would when i lived in amityville people would always tell me they'd find out I worked at Streamline and they'd be like, oh, you got to meet John Carpenter. And I'm like, doesn't everybody want to meet John Carpenter? <laughs> and uh, uh, no, not that John Carpenter, this John Carpenter. And he uh, he's provided it. So it's funny. I moved all the way to Pennsylvania to do Alpha Video from Amityville. And I ended up working with the guy from the next town over from where I live for most of my life. Wow. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of other people that I think uh, would like to probably re remain anonymous uh, that provide us with films. I mean, I've seen people like slag off Alpha on the uh, message boards and then write me later in the day, Brian, when's my check coming in? <laughs> you know, so, uh, but that's okay. Cause I mean, oh, you wow. know, we're, we're all, you know, bullied kids, you know, we all want to be the most clever, the most smart. And I, I've accepted a long time ago that, you know, I'll never be that. So, I, yeah. you know, I can kind of deal with the criticism. Uh, and yeah, some people have, just giving us films for free. Like there's a, a gentleman named Paul Adair who gave us a, a film called uh, Prisoner of Japan with Alan Baxter. It's an Edgar G. Ulmer film. He just wanted free cop every every DVD of Sheena we had done. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's really the, the it's really fans that keep Alpha yeah. Video going 25, I mean, 25 years into the, the, uh, the Pennsylvania based yeah. version. Yeah. It's really fans that keep it going. And uh, what is the legality of a public domain? So if a studio owns the mm -hmm. elements, but it's in the public domain, how is it legal to have a 16 millimeter print? Well, most of these, I would say most of these, the ones that I've done in the last 10 years are from small studios like Chesterfield, T Tiffany or PRC. Um, as far as the... Uh, the legality of maybe the there are a few obviously uh, major studio films that fell uh, out of copyright like A Star Is Born and uh, yeah. John Doe or um, Angel and the Bad Men. Um, I mean, they've always been available on home home video formats. Uh, I think if it's public domain, it's public domain. Um, now that one thing that has you bring up that is a complicated issue that has been for us. We've tried working with the Library of Congress to uh, uh, get uh, films, which are you pay for it because you get the best quality. But they have donor restrictions, so even if the the film is public domain, you have to to uh, get permission from who donated it, which is usually a major studio. The only uh, film we've been able to do with the Library of Congress is a, a silent film called Enchantment because it was financed by William Randolph Hearst. Uh, so it was his independent studio. 
But uh, for instance, if we want to do something with Paramount, we'd have to get permission from Paramount and, you know, good luck trying to get a hold of those people if they even know what, what that is. A movie that exists that's in the studio vault. And it's so what I want to know is what happens to the. I don't know how to ask. I don't know how to ask. I, I don't know if I know the answer and I don't know if anybody Somebody yeah. probably say, oh, well, I know where they are, but uh, I don't know. if well, I... It's not where they are. It's like those movies die. Right. If a movie yeah, is not released well, and it sits in a vault, it dies. Right. The, the One of the things that I think about a lot uh, that we've done a lot at Alpha Video and most of it was before I was with the company, though we, we did recently did a film called uh, Harlem is Heaven with Bill uh, Bojangles Robinson, you know, uh, Mr. Bojangles. The the all black cast films, uh, most of which they were done by, uh, you know, black run studios. And a lot of them were directed by Spencer Williams, who was on the Amos and Andy TV show. Uh, important <laughs> differentiation. He wasn't on the radio show, he was on the TV show which actually employed black actors as opposed to white actors playing the characters. Uh, I don't know if there are film prints of those at all in circulation. I mean, we have a lot of them, but they're probably off of three-quarter tapes or VHS. And I really think it's important to preserve those. I mean, they may not reflect, um, you know, current attitudes, uh, but they're... You know, it's all black performers. It's black people behind the camera writing, you know, and it's. I think those need to be remembered and it's it's not all you know hollywood is not the world you know and it's you know it's it's important to remember these uh, these parts of history are you having are there conversations being had about what you can and can't put out because of society right now or do you just try to put out as much as you can well you know we uh one of our be our best sellers are actually our cartoon compilations and uh Many of those were put together by Steve Stanchfield at Thunderbean Animation. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I am. But yeah. we do have a a, a band cartoons uh, collection that has some of the censored eleven from Warner Brothers. I don't know if you're familiar with that. There's eleven films, eleven cartoons that Warner Brothers took out of uh, circulation, uh, and that that creates a lot of. Uh, you know, controversy on, on certain people's part that we have that out. But, you know, we, we have a warning on it. We, we, we make it clear what it is, and we're not condoning those values. Uh, we're just preserving it. And, you know, it's, it's Chuck Jones, it's Frizz Freeling, you know, it's, it's you know, these are important uh, animators. Uh, so I think it's, and I, Warner Brothers is never going to put them out. You know, uh, Jerry Beck had talked about uh, doing... Uh, a licensed, you know, they were going to do only three of the censored 11 are public domain. They were going to do all of them as a DVD and it, you know, it never ended up happening because it would be too, too much bad publicity for Warners. I'm sure. Even but, as some but, of those are even too, you know, they Warner brothers put out Popeye stuff. They'll put a warning on things, but there are some things mm -hmm. that even they aren't going to. Yeah. Yeah. It's social media suicide to put out some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, if you're Warner Brothers, right? If you're Warner Brothers and you're this, you know, you've got uh, you billions of dollars in stocks or whatever that you have to protect. Yeah. Um. What do you think the? How has the last few? Like it's the state of physical media. You know, we've seen a lot of changes. Streaming is here now. Yeah. Has that impacted the the model, the sales model at all? I think it's had to because. Uh... You know, we do, uh, you know, we've been doing MOD, we've been doing DVDR, and uh, it's, uh, you know, DVDR is maybe not a permanent 
you know, it's it's not the, quite the same as, you know, streaming. Maybe people are less likely to buy something on Alpha Video if they could see it for free on YouTube or Tubi, because some people just, you know, they just want to see it once. They don't necessarily need a copy. I think the biggest thing with streaming is, has done is that now it's becoming people that actually want a copy of something as opposed to just wanting to see it. Yeah. So you, you do, you know, and, and for stuff like the material that we put out, how many people really want to own it and how many people just want to see it once. So that I think is a big change. And uh, I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, it just, I mean, I have movies, you know, uh, I'm never not going to want to own a copy of Superman, the movie. I never want to just watch it on streaming. I always want to own it, but I don't necessarily need, uh, you know, a copy of a public domain uh, movie or an obscure movie that, you know, it's nice to watch it once, you know? So it really makes going the other way. I, I made I put up a video today as we're recording this. I put up a video today talking about the change in my collecting habits. Like I don't need Marvel movies on my shelf anymore because they're, right. every, they're everywhere. They'll always right. be there. Right. Uh, it's the stuff that I think it's the stuff that, you know, alpha video has released. Okay. Or, it's the boutique stuff. It's the, it's the, it's the movies that are hard to find that I have a more vested personal interest in. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, everybody's different. You know? Everybody I, has we, a different way of collecting. That's the thing right. you can't, yeah. and everybody has it's very their personal. own favorite thing. You know, it's just, right. you know, I, I hate when people say, Oh, nobody likes this or nobody, everybody has their own favorite thing. And it's just, Something every every movie is somebody's favorite movie. Maybe <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Well, I, in my years of of doing, you know, I've been called talking about movies publicly for like fifteen years, and I I used to make like I'd make joking examples about something. Like I, I remember specifically doing it about Drop Dead Fred. I was like, well, you know, it's Drop Dead Fred. And somebody was like, I love Rick Mail. Love that movie. So. <laughs> so you just learn like oh they're every every cow is sacred you have to be really careful how you talk about stuff right um sorry so you, you mentioned moving to dvdrs you mentioned to so like the mod well, that was before i started that was a decision made before when did that when did that start oh god i don't know maybe 2012 uh, so it was oh, wow. a couple years That's a long time ago so one thing that i should maybe mention is that for a long time they were making them themselves uh at the the oldies warehouse and you know they got some bad discs for a while uh so there were a lot of problems with customers having playback issues yeah. uh now that the oldies warehouse is gone uh this is all being done by allied vaughn who does the same manufacturer does more yeah. archive and a lot yeah. of yeah. other mod labels yeah. so i can at least promise that anybody buying alpha video now it will play and i can't promise that it's necessarily the best picture quality but it will play um which they, let me follow up on that because that's an important thing to, to talk about you know yeah. i know guys at warner archive too and uh they would say you know our mod stuff is guaranteed it's very very high quality there's a lot of people that I deal with that will not watch a burned disc mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, they will only watch like a factory press. It's got to have that glass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But once you realize how faulty those can be versus something that's MOD, right. you know, you realize like, well, there's a lot more care in this other thing. And if it goes bad, you know, there, I'm, there's probably some sort of a guarantee on that for a certain amount of time <laughs> or, um, MOD is not the enemy, is I guess what I'm right. saying. MOD is well. Is I'm, I'm just trying to I'm trying to make the point that now that we're using the same manufacturer as Warner, 
and the other MOD labels, uh, the problems that happened when they were making themselves, uh, making themselves out of that warehouse, not going to happen anymore, which I mean, you know, I'm sure, you know, uh, Warner's discs from 2006 are uh, starting to go bad. And I'm kind of traumatized by that because I have a lot of stuff that doesn't play anymore. We're talking about Superman. I have that giant tin Superman box set that I love. That's going disc by disc. And uh, I'm going to have to get the Blu-ray set to replace it. But I just love that set. And I have such fond memories of getting it in Mm -hmm. 2006. And yeah, it doesn't, disc by disc it's going. And that's because that was all out of, I think, uh, a pressing plan on the East Coast. So if, if, uh, you know, I was in New York at the time, you're out of luck. Yeah. And some of those titles I don't think will ever come out again. Like the Super Friends cartoons. I don't I don't think some of that stuff will ever come out again, which is a yeah. shame. I don't think so either. I think they they might get a digital re- well, they do have a digital release. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's of where things course. go now. Uh, if I want to pay for HBO Max, I can watch them, but <laughs> yeah. So what's uh we've talked a lot about the past. Like so what's happening now? You know, what are the things that you're working on now? What's is your Well, what's ha- what's happening now is that we're trying to license more stuff. Uh, you know, it's, the company is really down to just, uh, I mean, of course the owner, Jerry Green, myself, and I have a couple of guys doing artists, a couple of guys doing covers. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we have a little more to work with. Uh, one thing we just did was, uh, I don't know if you're, uh, you're a music guy, right? We just did, uh, AKA Doc Pomus, which is a documentary about the famous songwriter of Save the Last Dance and, uh, Teenager in Love. This is probably the best rated film that we've on Rotten Tomatoes or on IMDb that we've ever licensed. Wow. Uh it came out on the film festival circuit about 10 years ago. Uh got amazing reviews and then it just never had a physical media release. And we just did that in I think November. And uh, a lot of people uh, are interviewed in it that were no longer with us like Jerry Goffin and uh, Lou Reed oh, wow. did narration for it uh before he passed away. Uh, so that I, I really would like to see uh, uh, take off because it, it kind of came out. It, it, like I said, it got astronomical reviews. I put uh, I put Leonard Malton on the uh, the back cover because I mean, how often do we get a good review from Leonard Malton? And um, uh, I should mention because you like the westerns that uh, we actually and I don't have any of them here. I'd love to see. Uh, uh, you know, if you could, if you could put them up or something, because the uh, my artist Al Landron did some beautiful covers for them. We licensed about twelve films from Films Around the World Incorporated. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Uh, they were run by the late Alex Kogan, who passed away. But uh, they had purchased from National Telefilm Associates um, uh, the PRC films that uh, did not fall into the public domain. So we have, uh, we license about 12 from them, uh, Westerns with uh, Buster Crab and Eddie Dean and Bob Steele. Uh, and those those are from 35 millimeter prints. Uh, the transfers were done about 20 years ago, but they're still pretty good. Um, also, uh, Wife of Monte Cristo, which is an Edgar G. Ulmer film, uh, Starring Lenore Arbert, who uh, people might recognize from Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. She was the scientist uh, trying to help uh, Dracula cure himself. 
and that's a, a female take on the uh the the Monte Cristo mythos so the people that are upset by female Jedi or female Batman or Superman that it was going on in the 40s but uh I would yeah I'd love to I'd love if you could uh because that really should have been marketed as a collection and I don't think yeah. people really knew they just figured out oh, this is just more of the public domain junk from Alpha Video and and no these were actually licensed and uh they're they're good quality and they don't have that dreaded alpha video watermark in the uh, the credits because uh we actually like you know they're copyrighted films we can't do yeah. that and uh, what i did to make them a little more valuable is that over the years uh, at least with the westerns sam has provided us with uh compilations and compilations of short uh one reel and two reel films and uh we never find a place for them so i tried to put uh with the westerns at least uh one of those on each to kind of give you a little extra value because i mean they don't they don't really sell as compilations uh you know we i i personally love doing the compilations of short films but uh many of them don't sell my my but my favorites are the the atomic bomb films from the 50s because they're uh they're just so horribly inaccurate they're funny like there's one where uh, they say well, don't don't worry about if you lose your hair after uh, because of fallout. You just buy a hat, <laughs> as you do. Yeah. And there's another one where somebody don't worry about being impotent after the atomic bomb blast because you'll be dead. So it doesn't it doesn't really matter that you're impotent. Wow. So I I, I love this. I'm hoping to do those as a box set soon because we've started. You saw the uh, the bundle packs we do, which was what we used to do was just we'd take a bunch of DVDs and shrink wrap them together and slap a label on them. Mm -hmm. But what Allied Vaughn is doing now is actually uh, you'll get a, a nice case and the disc will be on top of each other, which a lot of people don't like, but that's that's what we have to do. And it'll have a new wraparound by Al Andron. So it's, a, it's a, you know, it's less uh, storage space. You know, it's less uh, yeah. space on your shelf yeah. and it's a nice new package. And like I said, they're manufacturing them, so you—they're not—they're not old copies from the oldies warehouse. That's it's really so they're guaranteed to play at least. Yeah, they're guaranteed to play is the thing that's really exciting to me. I'm gonna have to go shopping. Um, where do people? Where can people go look for this stuff? Where do they well, I mean, they could still go on oldies.com, even though they're uh, we're we're not connected anymore. The oldies.com website was sold to MVD, right? But they're still selling. They still have a deal to sell them for less than anybody else. So if, uh, you're probably best off still going there, but they are now. They are now. We've we had always problems with uh, them being sold on Amazon, but now they are on Amazon. And I know certain people just like to use Amazon. They don't. Right. They don't use anything else, which is understandable. With you know, they have Amazon Prime. So they're yeah. They're, we're not limited to just oldies.com anymore. I just, I, you know, I think that these movies have a very important place in uh, in pop culture history, and that's one of the things that I try to do is to talk about some of the things that are more off the beaten path. You know, the older I get, I, I, for people that are listening, I'm going to do an audio version of this in addition to the video version. Sure. You've got an attack of the 50 foot woman poster on your shoulder, over your shoulder over there. Uh, well, they announced last night that Tim Burton's doing it. Yeah, how so. do you feel about that? I'm, I'm uh, well, Tim is the it. reason I wanted to become a filmmaker. I mean, he was my hero. I, yeah. When I had hair, I even tried to look like him at one time at a comic book convention. Uh, Adam West said to his handler, he said, oh no, it's Tim Burton. 
which I took as an insult because I think he wanted to kill Tim Burton at one point because he didn't cast him as Batman. So uh, I just I hope he gets his mojo back with Beetlejuice too because yeah. I haven't really enjoyed any of his films in a long time. Well, that's where I'm at too. I mean, this is like Dark, dark Shadows. If you like Dark Shadows, the series, you probably don't like Dark Shadows. I couldn't even get through the whole thing. I'm sorry. It's, there were some funny parts, but I know enough of the original show that I'm sure it was... Uh... <laughs> I'm yeah. sure they were running. They were running from the theater in droves if they were a fan of the original show. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was not respectful to the source material. Is what I is the nice way of what I would say that. So I'm yeah. just, I'm nervous about attacking the 50 foot woman. But my point is, I love that movie, uh, and um, that's the kind of thing that as I get older, I gravitate. It's become like my safe place, you know. Like I go further yeah. and further into that stuff, which is why I just bought 300 titles in uh, in in a lot from an estate sale. And uh, it's th these are the kinds of things that I want to continue to bring forward to the public that I want to champion that I want to celebrate. It sounds like you are on the exact same page. So uh, I really well, we do like we, we do what we can without having access to to better material. But I'm hoping that that will change. Yeah. You know, and and like I said, if if uh, if people want, uh, there are a lot of better versions of these films out there, and if they want to spend the extra money, they can. You know. But sometimes there's not better versions. No, there isn't. There isn't. There isn't. And uh, and like I said, everything is done out of house with us. So, I mean, I, I don't like not having that control over it. But, uh, you know, it's like PBS member supported, I guess. You know, yeah, there are people, you know, there there are people that work with us sometimes for very little money or no money. So, you know, as there's long as, long as people keep providing us with the stuff, we can keep going. Yeah, there's a lot of monster kids out there and, and people like me who just want to see this stuff alive. We just want to see it survive. So yeah. I appreciate what you've done. I appreciate your transparency and your really uh, honest and forthcoming uh, uh, answers. Um, any social media stuff we want to shout out before you said? Well, there's there's still an Alpha Video Facebook page, which I run. So, I mean, if anybody wants to contact me through that, they can. Uh, you know, my email, I, I use the email acquisitions at oldies.com if anybody wants to. Uh, contact me. I still have an oldies.com email address, even though we're we're now we're kind of like Joe said, friends and family. I guess is what he yeah. said. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always uh, you know if if anybody you know wants there there are things they want us to do or things that they they want us to change. You know, you have to contact us. You know, yeah, there because like I said, you know, I've I've done about sixteen hundred uh, titles. Uh, and I should mention that Steve, uh, Steve retired in 2021. So uh, I've pretty much been doing it by myself uh, with Jerry Green's supervision for, you know, a couple of years now. And I've, with the my time working with Steve and now the last couple of years, just kind of doing this by myself, I've done about 1600 titles. I feel, you know, I've gotten so little feedback about the stuff that I've been involved with. Like I said, a lot of times people are just, I was, I was upset because I saw there was a comment from uh damn fool idealistic crusade. I love his channel. Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to survive without his uh, Superman and Batman on physical media videos. I, I, I those are uh, indispensable to me as a collector. And uh, I saw, he said something about Don Winslow of the Navy and that that's from 20 years ago. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I would, I would love to get some feedback on some of the things we're doing recently because, uh, you know, I, 
trying to do better. I don't I don't know if uh, if I'm succeeding, but, uh, you know, I'd like to, you know, we're, we're still putting stuff out. We're like I said, we've we've licensed things like these films, these PRC films. We've licensed documentaries like AKA Doc Pomus. We have tons of independent horror films on our Alpha New Cinema label that uh, we have 32 episodes of uh, Cinema Insomnia with Mr. Lobo. I don't know if you're familiar with Mr. Lobo. He's a horror host. Uh, and some of those are really interesting because he has unique films that he showed on his show. Uh, some of them are public domain, but he has unique films uh, like uh, Xenia, Princess of, uh, Priestess of the Night, and Midget Zombie Takeover, and A Hard Day's Nightmare that I don't think people have ever seen. Because these are films his friends made, and uh, or or just films that he got permission to show on his program, and then we negotiated with him and also the filmmakers of those films. Uh, so we have a lot of uh, independent films. Uh, we have Josh Kennedy, Joshua Kennedy's films. I don't know if you know Joshua Kennedy. I don't know. Uh, you do. Yeah, yeah. He does kind of these. Uh, he's a young guy. He's about thirty. I think if he's younger than uh, than that, I apologize, Josh. But he does kind of pastiches or parodies of classic uh, films like Quatermass, and uh, he loves uh, he loves the Gorgon, you know. So we've uh, we've done uh, I think about ten or twelve of his films. The first of the ones that Steve did, I think, uh, Attack of the Octopus People. I think Josh was sixteen. So, you know, there, there's just, there's a lot of material on Alpha Video that I, I think people don't know about. It's not just, we've got a cheap version of Carnival of Souls or Night of the Living Dead out. It's, yeah. there's a lot of independent films. There's a lot of films we've licensed, a lot of interesting documentaries. Uh, you know, we've got uh, a documentary about uh, Bela Lugosi, uh, Hollywood's Dracula, that's fantastic. That's actually uh, a multi-disc set that comes with, uh, radio show uh, radio show appearances that uh, Bella did during the golden age of radio. I just think there's a lot of stuff that that people don't realize we have. Yeah. Well, and let's amplify. Let's like bring attention to that. Yeah, let's amplify that signal. Let's get that out there. Um, this has been great because it's it's shown me what I haven't been talking about enough, and uh, that's that's valuable. So. Thank you again for taking the time to be here. And to oh, be thank so, you, uh, Heath, for, for one, for promoting us and having me on. That was a real pleasure. I hope you come away from this as excited as I do. I, I know Poverty Row, you know, public domain movies. I, I know there's a generation, maybe two generations now, really. If you're 25, you're like, what is this? Why do I care about a movie from 1943? You might get there though. You know, if guys like me keep talking about it, you keep checking some of this stuff out, you might get there. You might be there already. And if you are, that's awesome. We are so glad to have you. Um, one of the, like, I just, I'm so excited about it. Like, and every day now, maybe not every day, but like multiple times a week, I'm ending my day like 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, what do I got here? Let's see. This is uh this movie is from 1942 or 1938 or 1931, or if it's a silent, it's earlier than that. I'm like, okay, we got, it's like 59 minutes long. Let's put this on. Because people, some people go like, how do you have time to watch all this stuff? Well, some, like when the big tentpole movies now in theaters are like two and a half, three hours long, Killers of the Flower Moon, right? Four hours long. When there's, those movies are so, they command so much. 
these movies that I'm talking about, they ask nothing of you. They're like, hey, come on, come on in. Let's watch a cartoon and then like a one hour movie, right? And then go on, you know, and then you can get back to dinner or whatever. Like they don't want anything from you. They're just like, hey, come here, hang out. We'll, we'll chill for a while and then you can be on your way. It's cool. I love that. I mean, that's the thing I love about this. So, so I'm like the time that it would take to watch one episode of a series. I could watch a whole movie. Maybe sometimes they go down so smooth. I'm like, I'd like to do another one, please. And I'll do another movie. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, I'm watching a lot of stuff. I, I got a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of fingers in a lot of pies. But I am really reconnecting with, uh, I mean, things that I loved when I was a teenager in my early 20s, kind of getting back to it, getting getting reconnected with it. So this interview was fantastic. I want to thank Brian for his, again, for his open, honest, and very transparent uh, just talking points. Like I, I really, I said it in this interview, it was like, this could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I really hope it is because I adore this stuff. And like, I see Brian, I see you, dude. I see the work you're putting into these things. It's amazing. Like you, I, you're doing great stuff here. Right. And, and, and the art team, you talked about the artists that's doing the, the, how many, how long have we been talking about the cover art for alpha video releases? Like, and Sam Sherman, this opened the door to Sam Sherman too. So stay tuned because there's a lot of cool things coming and we're going to keep talking about alpha video and we're going to keep talking about movies that nobody else is talking about because that's the point. That's the fact, Jack. That leads me to a review. This is a five-star podcast on Apple Podcasts and I want to read a review from Nikki James that says, great. And again, five stars. It's a five-star review. First heard of Heath on the S'mores Indoors podcast, R.I.P. Uh, Nikki, I think the S'mores Indoors podcast is back. Didn't he? I, I know he closed up shop. I think he started doing it again. Um, and, he le- and, and, and left very pleased. How great that I get to hear more. I love the interviews. The discussion on boutique Blu-ray releases are without compare in my experience. If you're a fan of less than mainstream media, oh, that ticked my box right there. I was like, yes, yes, Y-A-S-S-S. You're going to love Serial at Midnight with an exclamation point. Nikki, thank you so much for that amazing, amazing five-star review. It makes me so happy to know that I can go off the beaten path. Like, I don't have to court, like... Today, we're going to talk about Christopher Nolan. Like, I can go wherever I want to go, and a lot of you guys follow me, and you're like, well, that's pretty cool. Like, if I want to talk about Sam Katzman, if I want to talk about Poverty Roof, or we want to talk about PRC, Alpha Video, right? Like, you follow me to these places, and you see the value of these conversations. This is my lane, baby, and I am living it up. I'm so happy to be here talking about this stuff. This is what really refuels. This is the, the, what is it? I'm trying to think of that Ultimate Warrior promo where he's like, the rocket fuel in the engine, the jet to blast off. To, like, it makes no sense. Ultimate Warrior's promos made very little sense. Uh, the, this stuff is like the rocket fuel that keeps me going. So uh, thank you guys. You can leave a five-star review. If it's real nice, I'll read it on the air. I'll read it in one of these podcast episodes. And I would love for you to do that because that's one way that you can support Serial at Midnight is by reviewing, by letting other people know. The more people that review this show, the more iTunes or Apple Podcasts is like, let's let's elevate this a little bit. Same with YouTube, right? If you watch these videos on YouTube, well, that helps. But if you watch the video on YouTube and then you give it a thumbs up and then you subscribe 
And if you leave a comment, my goodness, you've done three things in a row that really elevate the podcast. And some people are like, I can't do that from my TV. You can do everything but leave a comment from your television. If you're watching these videos on your television, press up, uh, press the up arrow on your remote. It's going to pull up something. Click over to the right, uh, I think two times, and maybe it's even one time. There's the Serial at Midnight logo. You click that logo. It takes you to a thing that says go to channel or subscribe. Subscribe. Thank you so much. You can also, this that's how you get to the thumbs ups too. And then you press nothing for a while. It goes away. You're back to the episode, right? So you don't even have to, you don't even have to get out of your chair. You don't have to get out your laptop. You don't have to get on your phone. You can do it right there from the interface you're already on. So uh, for those that want to go above and beyond and want that extra special, the, the extra cherry on top for Serial at Midnight, Patreon uh, memberships, YouTube memberships, five bucks on YouTube, seven bucks on Patreon unlocks the keys to the kingdom. You get, you know, a huge archive of, ex of exclusive videos. Try to post a new exclusive video roughly once a week. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit less like this past week. I've been dealing with jury duty crap and uh, I'm sorry, jury duty privileges and uh, <laughs> different things. Like really just trying to catch up on editing some of these interviews. I had like three interviews in a row, had a commentary recording. So sometimes I get a little bit behind, but I'm always pushing to catch up uh, and serve the Patreon and YouTube member community a little extra every single week. So uh, you can be part of that. And I thank you for however you choose to support Serial at Midnight. I thank you for making it to the very end of this episode because that means you like me. You really like me. Uh, go out there and support Alpha Video. You know where to do it. And uh, stay tuned because there's another Alpha Video episode hitting in just a few days. And it's going to be really cool. And I hope it's just the first of many because I am. I feel rejuvenated by this stuff. Video quality ain't the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like that is not the whole picture. Uh, and we've been dismissing some of these movies for far too long as a larger society. So I got a microphone. It's pretty big. It's pretty loud. I'm going to talk about these movies. Guys, thank you so much. Take care. Till next time, I will catch you later.